Welcome to my podcast, Traumatic Transformations, where we help you find hope, peace, and purpose after a big life change or a traumatic event. I'm your host, Gunjani Patel, and I'm a licensed mental health therapist, trauma specialist, and a neuroscience nerd. Join me as I dive deep into resiliency, post-traumatic growth, and normalize mental health to reduce the stigma associated with it. In each episode, I plan to deliver science-backed, actionable tips and strategies so you can take back the control over your life and be inspired to be the best version of yourself with each day forward. So tune in every Tuesday for a featured guest and every Thursday for a solo episode with me, where we unpack mind, body, brain, and spirit connections related to each episode with the featured guest. Just a quick disclaimer before we begin today. The purpose of this podcast is to inform you, educate you, and raise your awareness. It is not intended to replace any medical advice or professional help seeking that you may need. So please use this information wisely and any opinion that I cast is not to replace any medical advice. And quickly before we start today, I just wanted to ask you a favor. If you like what you hear today, don't forget to subscribe so you never have to miss an episode. Thank you so much. And if you rate and review, it would really help us with the algorithm so people can easily search the show if they would like. So I would really love to hear your feedback and what you have to say uh, so I can bring you the content that's most fit for you. Thank you so much. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome to another brand new episode of Traumatic Transformations. In this episode, we are going to discuss a very important topic that we as society tend to have questions about, but don't discuss enough. And with more and more people having fertility issues or going through loss in prenatal phase of life or pregnancy and miscarriages, I think it's really important for us to discuss this, to discuss the topic of fertility, to discuss what and how we can support women going through that journey and how we can do right by them by not asking the wrong questions or saying the wrong things that can hurt them further. Um, so in this episode, I am so excited to speak to Yashna Patel about her amazing, amazing journey that she has been through. Amazing, I say, because now she's in the process of healing and making an impact on other women and helping and supporting other women going through the same, but through her story and through her mission and all the things, amazing things that she does. But she's been through some really hard really hard things and um, it's been such an honor and a pleasure to speak with her about this on this podcast so really excited that she was able to join us on the show and if you aren't a mother or not in the process of um, being going through fertility or having children or thinking about having children which is fine as well um, I hope that this topic can bring you some awareness, can help you be more trauma-informed, and can inspire you and bring you hope in some of the things that you might be going through um, as she shares some of her healing tips with us. So 
stay tuned till the end. And if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe right now so you never miss an episode. And also, please, please, please rate and review us. I read through all the ratings and reviews and really get excited. And it help, uh, helps other people to find the show and get feedback on how the show is. So really excited to dive in with her. Stay till the end. And I hope that this topic and this discussion with Yajna brings you hope and healing through your journey. So thank you so much for being here, Yajna. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So would you be so kind to sort of give us uh, a little bit of a background about your journey, your story, um, and where it all began? Um, so I guess I got married 12 years ago. Um, okay. We decided to have kids fairly two like two years ish into the marriage um and obviously we tried naturally and nothing was working um I started to um make appointments with like my OB to see kind of what's going on um it was always a hormonal issue Mm -hmm. you know um it was always like oh it'll happen just you know have faith and keep trying and Mm -hmm. kind of went back and forth on that a little bit and Mm -hmm. then um and then when it finally just wasn't working. We decided that, you know, we don't want to, you know, keep trying this way. We, we probably need to seek help from, you know, um, a fertility doctor. Sure. Um, so then that's when we started to, you know, make appointments with a fertility doctor and uh, kind of just get, you know, um, just some sort of like input on the whole like IVF, process. IUI process. Mm-hmm. Um, I was fortunate that I had, you know, a very close friend that was going through IVF um she had gone through IVF, I apologize. And she um, had, you know, uh, she wasn't, yeah, she was actually pregnant. Um, She had gotten pregnant um, through IVF. Um, So luckily I had her to like lean on um, with questions. Um, Would you be so uh, kind to clarify what IVF stands for, for people that might not know what that might be? Sure. Um, IVF stands for in vitro fertilization. Um, Mm. uh, The whole process is complex. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's the process of where they remove the egg from the female and take sperm from the male and mix them two together to form an embryo. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the embryo can be transferred fresh or frozen mm-hmm. um, um, as long as it's been two, three to five days. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's the whole transfer process. But mm-hmm. getting to that transfer process is there's just so many other steps. Sure. Um, for us, when we decided that we needed to go this route, we started first with just an IUI, mm-hmm. which means um, intrauterine insemination. Mm-hmm. Um, that's basically where you still get put on medication, pills, like birth control, just for them to regulate your cycle. Mm-hmm. And then um, you take hormonal injections to basically, you know, produce eggs. Mm-hmm. And then um, when they... I guess when your blood lines up, your, your, your blood levels are where they need to be at. Um, that's when they, you know, inseminate you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a little bit more invasive versus um, IVF, which is a little I bit see. more complex. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little bit more simpler. Um, you know, you, you just kind of like lay there for 30 minutes or so, and then you just resume activity as normal. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not put on any restrictions. And then obviously 10, 10 days later, you go back for a, a blood test to confirm if you're pregnant or not. Um, With the IUI, we did two of those back to back and uh, both of those did not work. Mm. And that was in 2012. Mm. Um, 
our doctor then told us, oh, you know, you probably should consider IVF at this point. And going back to my friend who had, you know, done IVF, she had recommended, you know, a doctor in Colorado mm. um, and Dr. Uh, Dr. William Schoolcraft and Dr. Eric Surrey at CCRM. Mm-hmm. So we were fortunate to get an appointment, you know, go out there, meet with the doctor, do a consult. Um, the whole process was intimidating, um, mm-hmm. you know, having to uproot from, you know, being here for doctor visits to like now going out of state. Um, and you live in California, right? I, I live in California, in Southern California. Um, I worked a full-time job, at, you know, at the time. Mm. Um when we started the whole Colorado process, we, we made a trip out there just for a day, just to get a whole kind of feel for the, the clinic and the doctor and, and everything. Sure. And then um, we went back uh, that year. This is 2013. So we went back in March of that year to start a cycle. Mm. And of course, things didn't line up <laughs> at the time. Right. So things were post- postponed and pushed. Mm. And what I mean they didn't line up is just my hormones weren't where they needed to be. Mm. Um, things needed to kind of like be in a straight line um, in order for me to start. And so sure. because that wasn't happening, things got a little delayed. Mm. So we went back again in May um, to do an egg retrieval, mm-hmm. um, which basically meant that my body was being pumped with injections and mm. pills and patches um, for you know a period of 14 days. Um, I was being monitored here locally, mm-hmm. um, the week before I traveled to Colorado and then I was monitored there every day, every morning, mm-hmm. um, to a point where they're like, okay, now your eggs are ready to go. We need to take them out. So, um, that was a whole process. Um, it's exhausting because you're just, that was my next question. What was the mental health part of that for you and your husband going through it? I, I mean, as a girl, um, everyone knows what it's like when it's that time of the month. Oh, <laughs> and I think as a, if your partner <laughs> lives with you, they know that too. Every, everybody <laughs> knows. Um, you know, there's that whole stigma of, you know, that as well. But, you right. know, um, th- this is like, like. Takes it to the level. next level. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, you just become this person that you don't even know you are. Mm, <laughs> you, absolutely. You know, it's like you're emotional, you're stressed, you're angry, you're just so many things. Um, and at the same time, it's doing things to your body that you don't even kind of understand. Absolutely. So that being my first IVF cycle, it was very interesting to see what it did to me physically. Mm. Um, you know, my stomach was ridiculously bloated. Mm-hmm. Um, I had bruises, like, Ugh. I mean, black bruises all over my stomach from all the shots. Um, right. I mean, I gained weight, um, right. it, all kinds of things, you know? So, I mean, you go through all that bodily changes. Yeah. And you know, it's for the right reason. So, you know, it's, right. you're not beating, you're not beating yourself up over it, but those things happen. So, um, you know, th- th- those are the, those are the true facts, raw facts. Right. Um, so, you know, with that being said, I did my retrieval. Um, it was, it was, it went well. I had to travel home maybe the next, not, yeah, the next day mm. I had to fly home. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you go through a retrieval, it's kind of like a, a like a mini procedure. So you're mm. getting put, you're getting put under anesthesia. Mm. So it's kind of like a little, little surgery. Um, right. And when I did that, um, 
when I did like, obviously the next day I was okay to travel, but they told me to like, you know, uh, just keep, be alarmed for certain signs of, you know, um, OHSS, which is ovarian hyperstimulation syndrome, um, which can happen, um, you know, one, if your ovaries are just overstimulated too much, it was just told to me to be, you know, look out for these symptoms, you know, you may gain like a rapid amount of weight, you may become, you know, um, you may experience shortness of breath, just from walking from point A to point B, um, you know, if any of those symptoms occur, then, you know, you need to seek emergency help, you know, help. Um, so I flew back on a, I think it was a Friday. And then um, it was like the long weekend. I remember in May, um, we flew back, I was feeling fine. And then on Sunday, I was like unpacking, trying to like, you know, get ready um, for the week, because I had to return to work. Mm-hmm. And I had to been at work in like almost two weeks, I think. Wow. And um, so I went to the bathroom, came back, and I just couldn't, was just having trouble breathing. Um, my husband told me, why don't you go stand on the scale? Hmm. Um, I felt kind of like, just like that heavy feeling, like that you just feel heavy. Hmm. Um, and I'm kind of like a short, I'm short, I'm 5'1", um, pretty petite. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I had that feeling, I just, I knew something wasn't right. Hmm. I, stood on the, I stood on the scale, and I had gained eight pounds in a matter of two days. Wow. Wow. So, um, you know, he called the nurse and mm. um, the nurse said, you know, I would take her to the emergency room as soon Absolutely. as possible. Yeah. So I went to the hospital. Um, they admitted me and they ran all kinds of tests. They did CTs. They did ultrasounds. They did x-rays. Um, blood. You know, they took my blood. They hooked me up to an IV. Um, you know, only to really conclude that it was you know, what I thought it was, ovarian hyperstimulation syndrome, um, which was weird because, you know, with the cycle, as aggressive as it was, um, and when I say aggressive, um, I mean, the medication that I was put on, the dosages were a lot higher um, for for, for someone my age, and I was only 27 at the Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was fairly young, um, but I was being put on these protocols that were pretty aggressive um and um they, they all had there was a reason obviously why they were doing it but mm-hmm. you know um they it backfired on me mm-hmm. <laughs> obviously Aww. and um it just basically made my body go crazy mm-hmm. um and so I was hooked up to an IV I was there for eight hours um basically needed to kind of like flush it out of my system mm-hmm. and then um after that it was just it was just a dramatic difference in how I felt. Oh, <laughs> immediately. wow. I see. Um, so obviously they said it was maybe, you know, may, it might've been too soon for me to travel home. Cause I went on a plane. Mm. They just wanted to make sure that there was, you know, no, you know, blood clots, you know, sure, anything, sure. anything Any more severe, any complications. Yes. So, um, you know, everything was, was went smoothly on that end. And um, I didn't, you know, I was fine. Just basically rested for a few days after that and um, resumed work. Awesome. And then, um, obviously, then I had to keep going through various tests, various blood work, various appointments to just see how my body was doing, because I needed to kind of prepare for um, another cycle, because I was trying to, you know, just basically pull all my um, um, eggs together. Mm. And so I went back in August for another cycle um, to Colorado and basically pumped myself up with medication all over again. Um, only to find that it didn't work mm. and they had to cancel my cycle. So I traveled to Colorado just to 
to do it all over again, but mm -hmm. it, it, it didn't work that time. So, um, so we said, okay, it is what it is. Um, sure. Obviously at the time it was dead, you know, devastating because yeah. you were really hopeful. So hopeful. Um, it was, just, it was extremely expensive. Mm. Um, I mean, we're uprooting our lives for, you know, weeks, months at a time. Right. Um, and so that didn't work. And then in November of that year, um, we went back to Colorado to do a transfer with the, the embryo that we had um, from May. Mm. Um, everything was going through smoothly on that end. Um, you know, we did the transfer there. I had to stay on bed rest. Mm. So typically after they do the transfer, um, so in something, let's just love back up a bit. So when you do a transfer, um, they recommend you doing acupuncture before mm. the, the actual transfer mm -hmm. and then acupuncture right after. Mm. Um, why acupuncture? Because it helps promote blood flow. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it puts all your, I guess, everything in check. Um, could most could importantly, you be so kind to tell our listeners what acupuncture is for some that don't know what that process is? I'm big on it. I love the process and I really think it works. Um, again, to each its own. Not everybody thinks that it does, but it's an Eastern philosophy of, go ahead, I'll let, I'll let you explain. I mean, it's just, it's, a, it's just Chinese, old Chinese medicine. Um, you know, basically they just put needles in certain various pinpoints throughout your body. Yep. And those needles send, you know, energy and or blood flow to the areas that need it the most. Absolutely. Um, and it could be like a five minute session, 10 minute session. Um, but either way, it, it does what it needs to do. Um, I am a believer in acupuncture because yep. I've seen it do wonders for me. Yes. Um, and like and what? Can you tell me a little about what that was for you? When when you say so, wonders, so when I say when I say it's worked, um, I have ovarian cysts, mm. um, and acupuncture has made them go away. <laughs> mm, yeah. So it's it's been one of those one of one of those things, and then it's also helped with blood flow. Mm. Um, you know, every time I sometimes go to a lab, they tell me, "Oh, your blood's not like it's not mm -hmm. like you mm -hmm. know coming quick." Um, acupuncture did that for me as well. Awesome. Um, but most importantly, acupuncture, I don't know, it just gives me peace of mind. Absolutely. And it, just, it makes me actually go ahead, finish your thought. And it just makes me feel very like, I don't know, zen. I just feel wow. very like, I just feel like, okay, I got this. Like, no matter wow. what it is, like, okay, if I take it, if I do take a session, I just feel very like calm. I just feel very like collected. I don't know. I just feel like, I don't know. It just does wonders for me. <laughs> no, that's absolutely true because and, 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 a lot of, go ahead. Um, no, I'm just, just, um, just that, like I did acupuncture before the session and I did acupuncture after the session. Um, and then I went to be on bed rest for, for, for three days because that's what the doctor recommended, um, at that time. And then, you know, we flew home and then two weeks later found out that that transfer didn't work either. Mm. So now we're back, you know, to square one. Yeah. But, um, backing up on the acupuncture, um, that was my first time ever getting acupuncture, uh, mm -hmm. was when I did that specific transfer. I had, at that time I did it, I was like, what is this? I'm nervous. Needles. It looks so painful um, and it's not something, if you're not used to it. it well, the needles didn't scare me l luckily because I was already like, 
I had passed that. I had surpassed that, you know. But they only um, the, they, there is a technique of doing that, and it doesn't just because it's needles. It doesn't mean that it's like you know it hurts you for some reason. Even if it's needles, it's very I think at it the doesn't hurt yeah. level. So yeah. it's not meant to hurt you, and the pinpoints are very tiny. So it's not like you're getting an injection. Uh, it's a very exactly. different kind of feeling. And I used to partner up with one of my acupuncturist colleagues um, when I was in Tampa, and I would send a lot of my trauma clients there or patients there. And, you know, one of the biggest things, I mean, acupuncture helps with all kinds of different things. Um, She used to, uh, you know, treat a lot of my patients with anxiety, nausea, you know, fertility patients, um, what have you. I mean, depression, anxiety, overwhelm, stress, all of that. Um, It's an added, it's an additional treatment that one can use um, in addition to some of the other modalities of treatments they're using. So I'm very big on all this alternative, you know, holistic approaches, um, you know, in addition to therapy and uh, trauma work. Uh, I really think it serves a purpose and it, it does wonders for your body, for your mind, for your spirit, for your brain, you know, overall approach. It feels like, uh, you know, it's woo-woo, but it, it absolutely uh, has a place and in heal- someone's healing. Absolutely. I totally agree. Um, so after I did acupuncture there, I just became like a believer mm. and was like, I, I need to continue this. So um, we're going to, you know, fast forward to 2014 when you know, my body had taken a toll from mm-hmm. all the cycles that I had done in mm-hmm. 2013, 2012. Um, I just needed to feel healthy again. I felt mm-hmm. unhealthy. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel, I just wanted to like, just like, I guess, like flush it out, but I wanted mm-hmm. to just kind of like start all over, take, um, a break. take a break, um, mentally, physically, emotionally, financially. I mean, all over, Absolutely. you know, aspects, yeah. um, uh, just needed a break. So we took a break and that was the year that um, I guess you could say I had a transformation. I wouldn't call it a traumatic transformation, but I had a transformation. Sure. Um, I got, you know, super healthy, mm-hmm. lost a lot of weight, um, ran my first half marathon, oh, um, nice. uh, joined a gym, like got a trainer. It was something that I've never done before. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, you know, I started eating better. Um I probably like it was just a, it was a good year in the sense that I had clarity. You needed that and break, and you I needed that break. Whatever blocks you had to clear and just take a break from everything that you were going through. It's, yeah, it's not that it was a traumatic transformation. You had put your body, mind, brain through a lot of trauma as a process of going through it. You know, so just yeah. taking a break from it was probably, like you said, was a good reset. It was a it was a much needed reset, and um, I just felt good. Like yeah. I just, it, was in a, it was in a good place. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we started up treatments again, the following year, um, we kind of just started treatments with the hope that like, okay, well, you know, I was in a better place. We both mm-hmm. were. So, you know, if it happens, it happens. I'm not going to have any expectations out of it. Um, as we've had in the past, we're just going to kind of roll with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and with all the cycles that we did leading up to that, um, we got pregnant with that one, which was like, mm. oh my gosh, this is unreal. This is like, I can't believe this is happening. Um, oh my gosh. Mm. Um, it was unbelievable. Like, mm. I mean, in all the years we've been trying, um, you know, it just, it was just hard to believe that it was real. Mm. Um, 
And then, you know, everything was going smoothly until it wasn't. Um, and then, you know, we unfortunately miscarried. Um, but, but that miscarriage, I think, hit home. Um, I mean, this whole process is very traumatizing, but that one hit home the most because, I mean, we just had expectations of it to actually right. work when, when, it, when it did. Um, right. When we saw the results and we're like, oh, my gosh, we had then we had all these expectations, expectations right. that we didn't have going in. Right. Um, it was like, oh my gosh, this is happening. Like, you know, I'm showing. Right. Know now, like, you know, right. we've seen her. We knew it was a girl, so we'd seen mm. her, we'd heard her. Um, it was tr- pretty traumatizing knowing that something's there one minute and then it's mm. not there the next. Absolutely. Um, it took me time to, to be able to talk about it without being able to cry. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but sometimes, obviously, I you know get emotional. Grieving is a um, process, yeah. and sometimes it's not that you just get over some of these big events in your life. Even though you heal from it, you're on the other side. Um, grieving is that is that you know it looks very different. That doesn't mean that you can cry or you can feel that sadness or you know that doesn't mean you haven't healed either. It just means that you're grieving and you move forward. You just can't move on sometimes. Exactly. And that at the that specific cycle was really hard um, for both of us, like for right. both me and my husband. It took a toll, like on both of us. Like we both, we both kind of were like, "Oh my gosh, um, why is this happening? Why is this happening now?" Uh, we were in such a good place, and everything's like you know just so good, and like it, it just was like, "What? Why is this happening?" Um, so I guess I entered the stage of anger. Mm. Um, I was just so angry, so mad. Um, and obviously devastated. Um, we, we, you know, it took us a long, long, long time to, I guess, recover from that. And I don't even know that I could say that I'm still fully recovered from that hmm. um, experience, but it was definitely um, traumatizing. I say the least. Yeah. Um, and and I, we just gave up. Like, I know at the time, looking back now, I know I realized that it was probably not the right way to react. And um, because of the way we reacted, we both went through mentally, mm. went through, you know, different forms of depression because of it. Absolutely. But um, what did that but, look like for you? I'm sorry. What did that look like for you guys? If you don't mind. Um, I mean, it was hard. I mean, yeah. you know, it was just not wanting to ever do anything. If we did it, it was kind of like we kind of forced ourselves to do it or we forced ourselves to be there, even though we didn't really want to, um, you know, we, we have a really close knit group of friends and all of those friends have, you know, children of their own. Um, we have friends that don't have kids as well, but mm-hmm. you know, um, the friends that do have kids, um, it became really hard to be around. Um, mm. you know, I didn't want to go to birthday parties. I didn't want to go to baby showers. Sure. Um, I didn't want to do anything. And yeah. and that that's not normally like me because even going through I, all this, I I always was like that person that showed up. Mm-hmm. But um, after that miscarriage, it was it was difficult. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I I put on a fake face, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. to face the world because I wasn't ready to tell the world this sure. is happening to me and this is what I've been going through. Um, so it was it was kind of hard. Um, yeah. you know, it it takes a toll on on every every relationship actually not just your relationship with your husband i think it takes a relationship on um takes a toll on your relationship with everybody because 
you kind of just don't know how to act at a certain point. You don't know how to be with them. Um, And at the same time, you don't want them to treat you differently. Right. You know, so um, it takes the toll. But um, so what would you tell others? Yashna, Yashna, am I saying your name right? I think I I might have said it wrong. So um, (laughs) that's okay. (laughs) No problem. um, Yashna, what would you like people to know in terms of if women are going through something like this and they find themselves in that phase, because I think a lot of times, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on, you know, because I know that a lot of women go through this or, and with their partners and we just don't know. I mean, I, I do this for a living, so I'm different, but um, a lot of people just don't know how to behave around people when they're going through things, not necessarily the exact thing that you went through, but just, just, out of ignorance or out of, you know, not misinformation, I think people just, um, what would you, what's the message you would have for them? Um, They really love what you said that you want to be feeling for, or you didn't want to feel sorry or sympathy for, because there's a difference between you. That's just it. Um, I think the biggest thing for anybody that's going through this, I mean, most importantly, if you feel comfortable to talk about it, talk about it. Um, Because you can't expect people that aren't going through it to understand what you're going through. Absolutely. Um, and I, I believe that, you know, you can't make yourself, you, you can't say that somebody made you feel bad or made you feel a certain way. Yep. You chose to feel that way. Um, you know, thank you. The, Can you repeat every, that again? <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> I'm very big on, and the reason I say that is because a lot of people, you know, when, it, when they first come see me, they're like, he made me feel that way. And they made me feel that way. And my biggest thing, and that's one of the things that I have to correct people with or reteach them is because nobody makes us feel anything. We decide to feel, we can control other people's feelings, but we can, or their actions. So uh, as and on that matter, um, but we can control our reactions to their actions and our feelings and perceptions to their actions. And not necessarily, I, I you know, I've, I've gone through this myself and I continue to go through this. So I'm not saying that, you know, at certain times, some people can make us feel a certain way. But even with that, we have the right to react differently and feel differently depending on how they behave. Um, there's a huge concept of empathy and sympathy and then boundaries, which we don't tend to discuss this, my episode um, this coming week or at some point I'm gonna, I have this um, concept that I introduce to people as in, you know, you can't necessarily understand what that person might be going through because you haven't been through it. There's no way you can understand. Even if you've been through it, your journey looks very different different than the other person who has been through it too. So you cannot completely understand what someone goes through. But empathy, it looks like when you can allow yourself to put yourself in other people's shoes and not have judgments, have space for what they might be going through, feel the emotions that they might be feeling by asking and checking in with them and communicating with them exactly what it is they're going through, not trying to fix it, not trying to say, oh, at least, you know, you're fine, or at least it'll be okay, or at least you're alive, not minimizing, um, which is, I think, very empathetic, I mean, sympathetic, which is feeling sorry or pity for someone's sorrow and feeling bad for them, which almost doesn't help. And it, you know, adds a second layer of um, things that the people going through have to process. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the biggest thing is for people that are going through this, um, you know, I mean, just, just, just don't feel, don't feel bad. Right. Um, don't feel, I mean, you're allowed to feel sad because, you know, I mean, 
And and how would they communicate with you for so that just give us an example as to like, let's say if I didn't know anything and if I knew what you were going through, what would you want to hear from me? um, I guess it's just like the simple words. How are you? Yeah. (laughs) Are are you okay? Like just those simple things can just trigger so many emotions and feelings. Um, You know, I don't need someone to be like, Oh, are you, you know, how come you don't have kids yet? Or Hey, uh, you know, um, why haven't you guys had kids yet? I, I don't want someone to approach me that way because that yeah. is the wrong way. <laughs> Absolutely. But, but um, at the same time, some people may not know that's wrong, you know? Right. And so that's why exactly. you, can't fault, you can't fault them. Right. You know, I mean, I can't even tell you how many times people have come up to me and right. said those things, you know? Right. And, and, and they don't mean harm by it, you know? Right. They don't, they don't know any better. They haven't had to go through the same thing I've had to go through to have kids or, you know, to, to try to have kids. Right. So, I mean it just hits you hard. You know, right. you feel like you've been hit by a school bus when someone does approach you that way. Right. But, um, but at the same time, you just have to like kind of hold your guard down and right. just kind of have like a pep talk with yourself. Right. And just, you know, just tell yourself that, you know what, it wasn't intentional. You sure. know, they didn't mean that or they didn't, you right. know, I mean, I've had, I've, I've had people like come up to me and grab my stomach, you know, I mean, all kinds of things. Wow. So, I mean, uh you know in our society i think it's just it's just a norm right for them mm-hmm. to say those things to act that way mm-hmm. and it's okay but sometimes you know before you do those things maybe just check in how's it going right. you know right. um all is all well like you know just just a simple the question of are you okay you know right. or is there anything i can do for you just just the, thank just you the simple things you know just, right. yeah just and simple. empathy it's a uh, i'm gonna talk a little bit about that because one of the other things is just ask sometimes people don't want their problems fixed sometimes they don't want any solutions sometimes they just want to be heard and they just want to be asked like you said you know it's not about minimizing it's not about judging it's not about oh it'll be fine one day or oh it's not about I think a lot of times when people go through these things we don't know what to do with our big feelings or don't know because of our misinformation or depth or, or the bandwidth of things that we might not have been through as it relates to some of these things so we just try to fill the silence or the awkwardness with saying something that might just completely come off very wrong in terms of you know feeling like someone is minimized or their struggles are minimized or you know um the the word at least when it comes to sympathy and you know the difference in empathy it really hits me hard because it's like don't at least <laughs> the person is going through something so the the things that you can say is if there's anything you want, I'm here for you. I'm more than happy to hear. Uh, I'm. I really care about you. I want to be there for you. If there is anything I can do, please let me know. Uh, I. I. I'm here to listen. You sometimes you just want to be there to be heard, um, and I think it really makes a big difference than trying to fix someone else's issue that they might not fix get need fixing. I. I mean, I agree 100. I think you know for people that are going through this that are kind of I guess suffering in silence mm-hmm. um I mean I've been there I know exactly what it feels like mm-hmm. even though I had friends that went through it that told me what to expect you know um told me how I'd feel even yep. though I had all that I right. still just felt it put up a wall I still right. put up a wall yeah. and I dealt with you know what was being told to me I, you know we me and my husband both dealt with what was happening to us Mm-hmm. in you know um and we faced it head on I mean right. you know it didn't was never it was 
it wasn't always hunky dory. It wasn't always picture perfect. It was ugly at times. Yeah. But you know, um, that's what makes you know. Um, I think the bond stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very fortunate that you know um, my husband was able to come with me to all of my appointments. You know, he was my nurse. Mm. He did it. He did it all. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't imagine having to do that to myself, like mm. to inject myself with medication or to do any of that. I I cannot even right. fathom it. Right. Um, but I was very fortunate that he, you know, was there 100% of the time. Um, and, you know, a lot of times we forget that they're also the ones suffering. They're mm. also going through stuff as well. You know, I mean, yes, our bodies are the ones going through all yeah, this the trauma, but, you know, um, they're also going through their share of, you know, emotions and depression and, you know, um, hopefulness and despair. All that, all of that, all of that. And I think the biggest thing is, um, I think the biggest thing, I mean, if I was to really put a message out there, it would be one, you're not alone, you know, Um, definitely tell your story. I feel like, you know, I've seen people, um, I've had people tell me, um, you know, their stories and I've been so inspired. Um, I've come across accounts on Instagram, social Mm -hmm. media. Um, and it's you have a very amazing social media account. Can you tell us a little bit about that if people want to be plugged into that? Absolutely. Um, I have a, I just created an account uh, not too long ago. Um, the, IV, uh, the IG handles, I've got you, babe. Mm-hmm. I've is IVF um, and then got you, babe. Um, it's just an Instagram account I created uh, because I just kind of got tired mm-hmm. of, of, um, I don't want to say being ashamed. I just got tired of not being able to like speak how I feel. Mm. Uh, I got tired of not, not, you know, I want to be able to tell people that this mm-hmm. is what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to express my emotions and face them full on and, um, and deal with them in a different way versus just crying by myself in a room. Mm. Um, I, I, I it took a lot of courage to put it out there because now it's just public information um, for anyone and everyone to see. Mm-hmm. But um, I couldn't be more happier with my decision. You know, I had the support from my husband first and mm-hmm. foremost, awesome. as well as, you know, some close friends and family members that knew I wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, given that, you know, um, you know, I'm South Asian, I'm Gujarati, you know, mm-hmm. we live in this world that is so much different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, so much, stigma and there's so much judgment and there's so much so much of everything around us and um especially as it relates to mental health i'm south asian too so thus i started the podcast because i was like there's so much related to mental health that we need to normalize and destigmatize at least in our generation and with all the technology available to us in 2020 it still boggles my mind that more people die of suicide and stigma than covid you know we take that seriously because there's all the signs and it's medical and so is mental health it affects your brain it affects you know some of the things that you're going through it affects your body so i want to go back to sort of um some of the things that you were mentioning earlier um in terms of your healing what did your healing look like like how did you get to this place because the place you're in i i don't think you would be speaking about it or talking about this uh, so openly and now so confidently and with so much um you know passion if you were still in the place where you first started or you know as you were going through that you were still going through that journey but what did your healing process look like? So tell, tell, tell my, well, I can definitely say that about five years ago, we definitely hit rock bottom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
definitely were, were we were not in a good place. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. I mean, you know, Absolutely. I think that helps you grow as an individual. It helps you develop as an individual for the better. Yep. Um, and then being able to just say it. I think if you don't say it out loud, I mm-hmm. think you'll never find your, you'll never find the cure. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? You'll never yep. Yep. Um, keeping it all in here in your mind and, you know, in, in and holding it against like, you know, inside is just, you're just, it's just, you're putting yourself through so much more yep. stress. And it and compounds with time. Um, absolutely. It does, it I think does. it'll get better if we don't think about it, but it gets worse it, with time if we don't think about it. It does. Um, I, again, we've been very fortunate to have an amazing support system. That's, awesome. um, That's also very important. First and foremost, you know, our family always been there That's whenever awesome. there was um, a good day or a bad day. You know, they were mm-hmm. always there, always showed up, yep. always found ways to like, you know, lift our spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, same goes for our friends, the friends yep. that, the few friends that knew, mm-hmm. um, they always found ways to lift our spirits, you know, right. keep us distracted or to just be there, you know? Um, yeah. so we were very lucky that they were, we had that very, very That's lucky. Awesome. Um, and then secondly, um, I, I probably took it, um, upon myself to, you know, seek other avenues. Beautiful. Um, my sister-in-law, um, introduced me to body talk. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Tell us more, um, a little bit more about that. I I love that you mentioned that because that was my next body, question. Body talk is like um, it's a form of therapy, mm-hmm. but instead of you talking, mm-hmm. you they're talking to your body. Mm-hmm. So this it's it's kind of like um, Reiki. If anyone's ever done Reiki, but they're basically you know you lay on a bed and then you just kind of like go into like just close your eyes and just kind of like you know concentrate. And they're able to pick up what's bothering you mm-hmm. or what's hurting you. Mm-hmm. And they're able to kind of pull it out of you mm-hmm. so that you don't hold that like negative toxic vibe inside mm-hmm. of you. For, for, for example, mm-hmm. um, one of the sessions I specifically remember was, you know, um, my, my gut mm-hmm. and being just so like, oh my gosh, my stomach, like what's happened to my stomach mm-hmm. um, from all this, um, you know, all the cycles, all the medication. Um, I was in a very like weird place and mm-hmm. um, I had this like complex about my stomach mm-hmm. and that had come up in one of my sessions. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was like, you know, you're kind of holding, you're kind of holding all your grief there because, you know, mm-hmm. you, you, you housed the child there for That's a certain point in time. Yep. So, you know, you, you have to like let that, like that negative let that energy go go you gotta yeah. let it go because if you keep holding on to it then you know that new energy can't come in absolutely so i mean so it, was, it was kind of it was just kind of crazy because you know everything that they say, said would happen happened um to my I, body I, I, I don't take the word crazy lightly so it's not crazy <laughs> um, <laughs> it absolutely it was, is designed it was, for a it purpose was, it, was, it was amazing mm-hmm. you really do you really felt like a, you know, like, whoa, something just happened, like a shift. You feel like you feel a shift because you instantaneously just kind of bounce back, you know? Absolutely. I obviously didn't bounce back like the first time and the second time. It takes but, time because but, there's so much, you know, that's one of the things that I tell people in trauma. It's like if you've acquired it over the years, you can't just expect 60 minute session with me and be like, oh, I'm good. You know, it takes time. There's so much yep. that goes into it. And with these processes, you know, it, it, it's not easy. 
But with time, you start clearing these things out step by step, baby step, baby one step at a time forward. And it really is life changing. Yes, it really was. So I did that for, I think, maybe almost a year. Wow. And I mean, it was amazing. It was yes. just any anything and everything that, you know, um, needed to like, you know, release, <laughs> release. Yes, yes. And, um, and I was a huge believer. I was a huge fan. Um, I did stop going, um, you know, for a point in time. Sure. But I mean, that was just a decision. But initially, you needed all this cleared out. So you did. And, you know, I, I want to really say something to that, because one of my favorite, favorite, favorite books as a trauma therapist is uh, called The Body Keeps the Scores. And it's written by an MD psychiatrist called Bessel Wendorkock. And he's like a very leading, um, you know, figure in the world of trauma psychology. And he talks about, you know, how when we when trauma occurs in our life, in whatever form it might be, we don't just, and that's why, you know, we say that you can't just think yourself out of the trauma. You can't just, you know, trauma doesn't have a language. We carry it on our bodies as much as, you know, as physical sensations and as all these energetic blocks in our body as and when it's occurring. So we can't just be like, oh, all of a sudden, I'll just keep thinking about it in mind over matter. It'll just go away. Unfortunately, it doesn't just go away. We keep those messages somehow stored in our body. And if we don't address them, so there are a lot of somatic in interventions like body talk and you know there are there's out there peter levine is a very interesting trauma therapist as well who psychologist who talks about some of these things um but your body absolutely keeps scores in terms of some of the things that you go through so if you're experiencing physical pain or fatigue or you know um, compromised immune responses all of that is sometimes a lot of unresolved trauma that you haven't addressed um yeah that's what I learned in body talk. Um, you know, they, she, my, the body talk therapist had given me this book and, um, I think it was called mind body language. Mm -hmm. I can't remember who wrote it, but, um, it had like an, an index in there and it said like, if you had a sinus mm -hmm. issue, mm -hmm. um, it's because you were angry or mm -hmm. you were holding a grudge against something or mm -hmm. you got into a fight with somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it just, it was just um, interesting to see how like a lot of that kind of just some of those, 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 those dots lined up like, Oh, interesting. Like that's actually kind of true. Yeah. Um, so it was interesting um, kind of how, you know, how much, how, how I went from, you know, who, one, who I was at the beginning of when I started body talk to who I was at the end of body talk. Mm -hmm. um, and it was, you know, it was an amazing transformation. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I just, it was like the first, I guess, form of therapy I've ever received or um, attended or, you know, gone to. So I became a believer in it. Um, I also did acupuncture um, and acupuncture, like I said, helped me in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. um, when we took a break um, after our first miscarriage, um, I started seeing this acupuncturist who, you know, even had me on a special diet. Mm -hmm. um, and not that I had not done the diets before, mm -hmm. but this is a different different type of diet. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I, I believed in it. It, it worked. It, it, it had its, you know, um, it had it had its uh, pros Please. and it had its cons, but it, it definitely worked because um, I do believe, you know, you know, what you put inside of you does can harm you. Like, oh, what, you know, so um, it definitely um, that definitely helped as well. Um I felt I kind of teeter tottered a little bit um, on seeking, like for example, body like the body talk help and like the acupuncture help. 
mm-hmm. in between cycles. Mm-hmm. Um, there were times where I was doing it in between cycles and there was times where I was doing it when I wasn't doing anything. Mm. Um, it was just because I just needed that like break. Sure. Um, you know, I'm kind of giving you a summary, but yeah. you know, there's just so much other stuff that went down in between of all, all of this. Of course. And most, you know, most, mostly all IVF related, but right. you know, um, at a point in time I had to leave my job you know mm. for it um because this became like my full-time job right um, to, 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 to try to have a family and um I had been in that job since I had graduated from college right so it was it was a big deal that you know um that I was stepping away mm. from the corporate world to, right. to do this and right. I don't I don't regret it I don't regret it because I I did what I had to do for myself at the you know at Absolutely. the time yep but you know going back you know we are seven years later mm-hmm. and I feel like it's even harder now mm. you know yeah. so yes we continued going through IVF cycles and in between all of that you know I started my own business and did all these other things to kind of mm-hmm. keep my mind kind of sure, going sure. and occupied yeah. but at the same at the same time um you know um there was just like it, there's just it's just so different it was mm-hmm. just very very different you know um especially when I couldn't talk about it. Right. Yeah. And um, how know. do you feel about it now that you can, you're so open about it and you, now you, you know, help others who are going through it uh, now that finally you've, you, you, you feel that you've had a, vo- you want to have a voice and you want to impact other people who are going through it. What is that like? Uh, I can't tell you how rewarding it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I, like my heart goes out to these women that like mm-hmm. send me DM messages on Instagram. Um, like it's, it, it it makes me feel good mm. but then at the same time I mean I can't help but hurt for them mm. because I know exactly what they feel like I know exactly what they're going through mm-hmm. and they're in a place where they can't speak up you know they felt safe to come to me right but they can't talk about it you know exactly. they, they have they don't have that support from their family or from their right. friends Absolutely. Um, or they don't they don't talk about it period like nobody knows Absolutely. So they're suffering in silence. So absolutely, that to me is is rewarding when they come to me to talk to me or to mm-hmm. vent to me. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, these are people I've never met, right? Ever, right. right. But, but they're telling me, you know, some of their, their deepest, deepest most, yes. you know, private, private, you know, moments. Right. So I mean, that was why I wanted to create this Instagram account of mine, not only just to document um, my IVF journey, but yep. to 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 like be a source for somebody like yes. you know you're not alone you know right. you know you 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 have somebody to lean on you know I'm here you can you can talk to me whenever you want um mm-hmm. I think that was that was my biggest thing is even if I could just help one person Absolutely. um you know I've done my job yep. and um and you know I'm not like a doctor or anything but you know mm-hmm. going through all this for so many years I sometimes feel like, like you know a thing or two and you can refer <laughs> yeah, them I, I can probably <laughs> help you a little bit but you know, at the same time, to each their own. Absolutely. But you know, um, it, I, I can't tell you. It's 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 become like a it's, it has become like a job, you know, in a mm-hmm. sense. Um, and I do truly love it. I do love the platform. I do love the people that I've connected with, um, people I've become friends with. It's it is truly amazing. Um, mm-hmm. and it's amazing to see the support out there because you know, unfortunately, um, for certain people that you know didn't seek help and or didn't have these you know um resources resources you know i mean they're either in a bad place or 
They're just I don't, How can I don't they even... not? I mean, just like you said, your body kept score of so many things. You you mentally had to just take a break and reset. Uh, you, you go through so much as a part of this process, you know, so there's no way that you can be okay through this process. And if yeah. you say to yourself that you are okay, I think you'd be lying to yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the biggest thing is, is when, you know, um, when people, I guess, I guess my biggest thing was, I just didn't like, I guess that outsider feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like that feeling of, um, uh, you know, what, not being included or being mm-hmm. treated differently. Mm-hmm. And I guess that goes back to what I said earlier about, you know, it wasn't any of anybody making me feel that way. It was right. me, right. you know, making myself feel that way. Like nobody yes. was doing that to me. Right. I was doing it to me. Yes. Cause that's putting those thoughts in my head, you know? Right. So right. I think that was like my, I was like, you're your biggest enemy. You know, sometimes yes. you just have to like, it's like, are you kind of have to talk with yourself? Like, no, they didn't, they didn't do anything. Right. They didn't say anything. It's, right. it's, um, it's how you're taking it or you're, how you're Absolutely. perceiving it, you know? And and sometimes it's also b- b- based on the phase of life we are in or where we're at in life with certain, our mental headspace. We go through that phase, you know, sometimes we really let, stop relating to certain people based on either our stuff or based on their stuff. And sometimes so some of those relationships just distance over time, unfortunately. Right. And then new right. people come in that are more right. relative to that phase of your life. Right. And, you know, we've been very fortunate to have, like, this close-knit group of, uh, of of friends that, you know, have always been there for us and continue to be there for us yeah. and to provide support. Um, and 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 we are so forever fortunate for that, um, yeah. as, well, as well as our family. Yeah. Um, but it, 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 it is difficult at times to, you know, mention, to talk about it because mm-hmm. sometimes, um, like, our like the parents don't exactly understand everything mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's okay. Yeah. But they know what's right. going on. You right. know, they're, they're providing, you know, support. They're there for you when you need them to be. Right. So, I mean, I think the biggest thing is, is if you don't have that support, it's hard for you to move on. It's hard for you to, to continue, yeah. you know, yeah. I guess fighting, fighting for what you want. Um, you know, it breaks my heart to hear stories of, you know, girls that are going through this that don't have support from their spouses. Mm. Um, but if they have support from spouses, they don't have support from family. Yeah. I mean, it just truly breaks my heart because absolutely. you 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 really do need that support system, you know? Oh, absolutely. Um, and and I think another thing is is, you know, don't don't treat us differently because yeah. we're going through it. Like yeah. Yeah. don't don't you know, feel like I said, don't feel sorry for me. Don't yeah. you know? Don't 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 like, look at me differently assume. because of don't my oh issue. assume yeah just because yeah. I'm I'm in this position I'm in this place don't automatically that, you, know, you haven't healed from it or aren't healing exactly. from it or, or aren't healing from place it. from from it. I think that that when you when you get treated differently or when people feel sorry for you, that's when that's when it's you feel true. like there's something yeah. wrong. Yeah, it, that's when you feel like okay, wait. But there's nothing wrong, like right. what, what, you know. <laughs> so that that I, I definitely, you know, um, I was like, yeah, no, that's not going to work. We definitely have to clear the air here. Yeah. But you know, um, I mean, it took me some time to talk about it. Like you know, since our miscarriage in 2015, we've done multiple cycles. Um, obviously failed, and our most recent cycle was beginning of this year, mm-hmm. um, which resulted in the miscarriage shortly thereafter. Um, you know, it's just been kind of like a roller coaster ride, you know, yeah. constant up and down. Um, 
And right now I just, you know, I just needed a break. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, again, I'm, I'm back, you know, on that, on that downward slope of the roller coaster where I just kind of want to teeter totter back and forth. And I just need to be in a better place. I just need clarity. I just need, I just need peace. Like I just, I just, you just have to do you, whatever that looks like for you and at whatever phase on whatever past, you know, point of this journey that looks like for you, you know, you just have to do what's important for you and your family. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, it's okay to have goals. It's okay to set them. Amazing. If you can meet them, it's okay. But um, (coughs) if things don't work out, then you just have to like hold your head up high. Going through this, it's hard. I think you are saying that you, you, you know, what you're saying is take it one day at a time, whatever the journey looks like for you, however, wherever you are in that point of your um, journey, make sure you have the support you can. What are some of the support groups that you would suggest that uh, people can use? Um, I'll definitely send a couple over to you, but uh, one of them is, um, you know, one I'm a part of is on Facebook. Okay. Um, I've definitely found it to be a very resourceful um, group and um, they're just so raw, so open, so honest about, you know, where they are in their journey. And, um, you know, being that it is a South Asian group of women, um, I think it just makes it, you know, so much more um, real. Hmm. Not that, not that it's not real if it wasn't, but, you know, being South Asian, mm-hmm. women don't talk about these things, you know, openly. Um, you don't talk about, you know, going through IVF or having trouble trying to have a baby. It's, it's natural. You get married and you have a kid. Um, you know, people don't talk about miscarriages. It's just a big, big taboo. Um, you know, you don't talk about, it's, I guess the same thing is you don't talk about, you know, postpartum depression. You don't talk mm-hmm. about divorce. You don't talk about, you know, it's just one of those topics that people just, these are, these are this is real life, you know, right. and I feel like, um, you know, being brought up South Asian, those topics were always you know um off like they weren't on the table you can't talk about them you know um but in reality these are the facts of life you know um you know the miscarriage thing is just a whole a whole i guess channel in itself where where um you know if someone's had one you know you don't say it you don't talk about it you don't speak of it ever right so many women have gone through miscarriages and so many of those women have never even talked about it absolutely Um, and and i just think that's just mind-boggling to me because um why like what is there to be ashamed of you know right right you know um, it's not something that they wanted nor is it something that you know we as a society want for them so why not talk about it you know exactly and i think that that's that was one of the biggest things and then Obviously, you know, after going through that trauma, you know, obviously you go through a, a, a form of depression. You know, it's not the same as, say, you know, postpartum depression, but, but it is a form of depression. Absolutely. And um, it, it, it definitely, it can make or break you, you know, yeah. and, and it, it, it's got to be up to, to, your, to you to, to not seek help, but to, you know, I guess just heal from find it. a way. Yeah, find a way to heal from it. And it's a lot easier said than done. Um, you know, it, it took me a lot of time to get to where I am today. Yep. Um, you know, if you had asked me this question five years ago, I know I would have not been interested. Absolutely. Um, so it, 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 it does take time, you know, but right. you have to know that there is help out there. 
and there are people willing to help you heal and um, and who support you, you know, Absolutely. through the whole process. And one of the things to miscarriages too is one of those. Uh, it's a it's a grieving process. So of course it's going to be. It, of course there's you know, and I have an episode, uh, or at some point I'm about to do an episode on just grief and loss and what that looks like. And <laughs> grieving and loss is like a continuum. It's it's not like you go through one phase. It's like there is a five phase process to that. So when somebody is grieving a loss of a child or a loss of an unborn child or love. I mean, you know, a stillborn child or just loss of a loved one that they were so attached to, or they felt so attached to. It's not easy. It's a big loss. And it's a loss that it's hard to uh, talk about in words a lot of times, because if someone has not gone through it um, and again, one loss in your life or one grieving process about something or someone can look very different from another loss um, of the same kind or of a different kind, even though you are the same person grieving that loss. So grieving is a very intense and complex process. So, and depression is one of the phases of the part of the grieving, you know? So it's like, if you don't know, or if you're not educated or informed about some of that, it, it's a very difficult and um, deep process that one goes through. So yes, there is help out there if you want help. But one of the biggest things that helps in the process of grieving is support, like you said. You know, if you have good support, you know that you're not alone. And sometimes you just have to go through this alone in order to heal from it, whatever that looks like for you. But just yeah. knowing what you need through this process, being able to communicate what you need and being informed that, you know what, you're not the only person going through it. There are others out there who can feel your loss, even though they're not going through that loss can be very right. healing. Right. Absolutely. And yeah. I think that that's, that's just the biggest thing is, and I think that, you know, um, for a lot of women that you know of the South Asian descent that are going through this, they do find comfort in knowing that you know there's another South Asian woman out there that's also going through the same thing. Absolutely, um, because you know I have connected with a lot of South Asian women that are in the same boat. You know, mm. um, at different levels, obviously, right. in different parts, they're at different stages in their journey. Right. But um, you know, I've connected with so many and. And I just, I just, it just needs to be constantly reminded that, you know, it's okay. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, it's not okay, but it's okay. You know, um, you know, it will get better, you know, mm -hmm. you, you know, you'll get what you want in the end. It just, it's just going to take us a little bit longer. Absolutely. Um, you know, and I think, I think the biggest thing is, um, it's just, it's just so much easier said than done, but, you know, I had this conversation a couple of days ago with, you know, with, um, with a girl on Instagram, um, and she's just having a hard time staying positive, you know, and, and I don't blame her because, you know, when you want everything to go your way and it doesn't constantly, um, mm -hmm. you know, you can't help but beat yourself up, right? Absolutely. Um, and take it from me, like, I know, like, it's just been one thing after another, um, but I'm just at a point where I'm fed up with it. Yeah. yeah, I'm so fed up. I'm right. I'm just done. I'm 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 over it. But but I feel if I put myself in that same place that I did five years ago, that I'm not going to help the situation. Absolutely. You know, I, it's not going to get any better. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've worked hard to be at where I'm at today. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm I just don't want to be there again. You know, Absolutely. I I I just. 
Ooh, I refuse to. From what you said earlier, you know, and sometimes when you're down and deep in that darkness, sometimes it's hard to just be positive. It, you know, sometimes your brain chemicals do not allow you to be positive. And there is a whole concept called toxic positivity where when you're going through this deep darkness, it's hard to just be positive, positive, happy all the time, you know, like you said. But then you you come to a point where you get to a place where you're just like, you know what, either it's like this or I'm just going to be like this forever. And that also will never be forever because everything in our life is temporary, even if it's like a few years temporary. Um, I think it's just that you you just have to get to a place where you're just like, I, I can't do this anymore. I, something has to change. And that something starts with your mindset. That something right. is starts with, I'm ready to find another way or have another outlook or feel another way there might be something out there because the 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 switch from negativity is not always positivity it there is a whole place of neutrality that you have to be in that you know what maybe there is hope maybe there is another way of feeling maybe there is someone else that is going through it what can I learn from that because I'm tired of feeling this way what else can I do and you just have to get to that place. A lot of people can't and are not ready. And they just have to know that this will last for a few years. And at the, after a few years, like you said earlier, I just got sick and tired of being sick and tired. I, I'm done. Personally, I'm done now. But at least my mindset about it is is different. And my outlook about it is different than when I first started or where I was in the middle when it was really rough. Absolutely. Um, I definitely feel that, you know, for me, uh, working out became that outlet. Um, Absolutely. It, I was able to release endorphins, emotions, um, yep. just, just Let so much. Um, just, uh, yeah, it just, um, I was able to realize I was able to do so much like that. I, I didn't even think I was capable of doing, you mm-hmm. know, I surprised myself even. Um, so that was definitely an outlet to me. Um, you know, it may not be that, that may not be an outlet that works for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I definitely I definitely cannot emphasize just find something that makes find something to do that makes you happy, you know, and do it for yourself. Don't do it for anybody else. Um, You know, whether it be, you know, finding a new hobby or cooking or, you know, starting a blog or, you know, um, just anything, just whatever it may be. Whatever may be therapeutic for you. Yes, because I I truly be a purpose and something you feel passionate about as it relates to your journey. Like for you, you started your Insta account and you, it brings you joy to be able to impact other people. And not like you said earlier, just voice what you are going through and not keep it all in. Yeah. And my, my, the first time I ever did something like that was when I like had left my job. Um, I started my own business to become like an event planner. Hmm. And um, that was a complete like wolf switch for me. You know, I come from a finance background and hmm. then here I am trying to plan a wedding or an event or whatever. Right. Um, and, and I did that because it brought me joy. It brought mm. me joy to be a part of these amazing celebrations in people's lives. I right. was honored to, to be asked to do them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was, it, it, it brought me so much joy. Awesome. Um, and um, I still like do enjoy, I don't do it anymore, but I do right. still enjoy the whole concept and the whole, you know, um, the process that goes along with it. But I mean, I just can't emphasize, do it for you, like right. do something for yourself. Like we get, we get so warped up in this world of IVF and trying to have a family and, um, you know, having, I feel like, you know, it's like the biggest race, like mm. it's a race, like who's going to get to the finish line first, you know, right. like who's going to have kids and who's going to do this. And, right. um, 
I think it's just really important to to just take a seat and just just reflect on what's happening right now. Mm. Um, it's okay to have goals. It's okay to have dreams. It's okay to have all those things. It's okay to I want them just as bad as any other Tom, Dick, and Harry. But mm-hmm. but you know sometimes things just like I'm a very fast paced person. I'm mm-hmm. doing a million things at once. I'm all over the place. Um, but I'm also very structured. Like I like mm-hmm. things done a certain way. I like them done in a certain order. Um, my life did not go that way and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it will eventually, you know, Absolutely. just right now I'm just where I'm at and, you know, I'm happy. I'm healthy. I mean, that's all that I can really, you know, that's all, that's all it counts and hold and, on to. And, and it's so important because it's like you, you, like you mentioned that sometimes we get so caught up in our future when we're going through certain things and we forget that we're so missing out on these years of our life as a result of being caught up in, in that. And it's, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that that's where we are. But like you mentioned that it's so important to just reflect on, wait a second, let me take a step back from this and just see what's going on so that I'm not chasing after my dream so badly that I'm missing out on where I am right now. And if it's not going well where I am, then what am I doing about it? Exactly. So I think that's just really pretty much it in a nutshell. Like, I mean, just just try to find a way to, to distract yourself from all this. Don't get so wrapped up into it. Everything will work out. Um, you know, it's just it's harder. I know it's easier said than done, but you oh, know, you've been you, there, so I don't think once you, you, once you figure <laughs> once you figure it out, I think yeah. it it you know you'll you'll just be in a better place to yourself physically, mentally, emotionally. Absolutely. You know, um, you'll be in a better place, and and it's better to be in a better place when you are starting a cycle. You want to be, you know, you want to feel good. You want to, yes. you know, you want to have clarity. You want to have positivity. You don't want anything negative in your mind toxic in your mind or your body or your body you know your past unresolved traumas yeah absolutely exactly so you want to be you want to make sure you're ready because it's a huge commitment that you're making to yourself so you know it's it's that's that's the best advice that i can give to anybody that's in this in the exact same boat is you know just just make sure you're ready like absolutely you know it's it's not a race (laughs) absolutely thank you so much for all your wisdoms and all the things that you have learned as a part of your journey. It is so helpful. I really, really appreciate you being here today with us and sharing your story, first of all. And then, you know, the the second part of your story where um, the healing part of what Yashna Patel looks like. So thank you so much. Uh, thank really you so much for having me. It was a yes, pleasure. It's been more than a pleasure. And thank you all for tuning in. Um, if you like what you hear, please subscribe so you continue to um, hear all the guests and all the episodes we have coming up in terms of mental health, in ten- terms of the awareness that we can have, and then in just terms of in- being able to improve yourself by amazing, amazing, you know, people that are um, share on this platform that are sharing their lives and making an impact on other people. So if you also, if you would be so kind to rate and review us, that would really help more people uh, find us um, so they can be hopeful and find their peace and their purpose through their um, adversaries by uh, relating to some of the people that are on the show. So thank you so much for tuning in and catch you next time.